This recording was made on Gurringai Country, Northern Beaches, New South Wales. It's the only way that you can describe what a person is, describe what they do. There doesn't seem to be much job satisfaction or pleasure in this picture. So, so to tell you the complete truth, which is, I mean, that's all I'm trying to, uh, to do here is tell myself future, present, past, whatever, uh, myself the truth. The truth is I was just having to have a think about how, what this po- how to pod, like I was about to hit go and I was like, wait, what do I do here again? Like what on earth is going on here again on self-talking podcast? Uh, and, and so what I've done for both of us just to help with, I guess, uh, I guess representing everything so far. I found a beautiful clip of, um, uh, yeah, we'll just play it. Listening. Ariel, come hey, grab this hey, risotto. Hey, you a scallop pound, I'll grab that when I come to the back. No, path. I said the rice is undercooked. I think it needs more cooking, which is more important. So, so here it is. So the thing is, you and I and everybody is, uh, you and I are, we are Ashley. And we're in the kitchen. We're on the pass with Chef Ramsay. Can you believe it? He's actually standing right there, like doing the doing cooking, doing food right there. And you're doing it with him. And you're just like, oh, my God, I've got the black jacket. I can't believe this is happening. Um, and then things start to go wrong. And and so so it's the only important thing is that is that you and I are Ashley and and everyone in the kitchen is fighting, but we're not actually fighting about cooking. We're fighting about climate change and we're spiraling rapidly out of control and into trouble from what could be a gorgeous dinner service. And anyway, Chef Ramsay to the rescue again. No, I said the rice is undercooked. I think it needs more cooking, which is more important. Right, Ashley. That's us, remember. Everybody on the hot plate has made mistakes. Yes, Chef. Okay, you're down. You're not you, and you're quiet, and you're just unresponsive. What's the matter? I need you to get your head out of the sand. Yes, Chef. What's the matter? You have a chance to make a comeback. I know. But talk to me. I'm here to help you. I know how hard it is, but if you don't communicate with me, how can I help you? Don't give up. You with me? You're still in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on then, let's go. I believe that Chef Ramsay sees something in me, and I'm not going to go nice. down without a fight. I, if you're not, mo- if you're not incredibly moved by that, I, and also if you if you're not experiencing pure true love for Gordon Ramsay, then I officially know you're a bot. And can you bugger off? Because I'm out. I'm like I'm here actually as I'm a person, and it all actually what I'm trying to do is talk to the people. And so like if you if you're not just like wow, desperate for the opportunity to one day um, bat your eyelashes at Chef Gordon Ramsay in person yourself, like this, you know, aspiring black-jacketed chef in front of us. How amazing is that? He's made the chef jacket a karate belt, and he's just like, amazing. So this black-jacket chef is frozen. And guys, that's us. We're the black-jacket chefs because I'm only just realizing this now, but... I mean, like, like everything all the time ever on Self Talk Podcast, 
is realizing, right, we're the black jacket chefs because we're the ones who are alive. We've made it this far in 2021, in spite of everything so far, and we're still going. You and I are still here to actually have a real meaningful chat about climate change and about exactly how we're going to get our shit together on the hot plate because that's that's all this is. It's like human. It's like okay, cool. Born into two thousand and something, um, straight away, you haven't even done your first year of apprentice uh, apprenticeship, and suddenly you're on the pass with Gordon Ramsay, and he's expecting you to keep up. And obviously, like that's not fair because you just got like you just arrived to to Earth. Someone just borned you, so you you don't know shit. But but you still have to contend with this massive problem of pulling off a climate recovery for the sake of the future of mankind. I think that's a big part of uh, our realisation we need to have is that, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for this is we're rescuing the earth. And I do love all the other creatures and everything as well and all the other beings and what have you. But I'm, I, I like humans the most because I am one. So I'm going to I'm going to like prioritize our survival over like some sort of algae you know do you know what i'm getting at what i mean is it's not about saving the earth as much as it's about saving ourselves and maybe that's where a few people just are sick of hearing about it or muted to it or something because because even though they've got kids who might even have kids they're not thinking about it as saving like flesh and blood Wow. Anyway, thank goodness for Chef Gordon Ramsay. Just like, what a moving piece, eh? Because I think so many people just misunderstand that man as a guy who loves the F and C words. And he's definitely that. But also, this guy is like our saviour. And you can apply so much of what he says uh, into this grand context of human beings versus climate catastrophe. Well, let's listen to the original one again. And then... And then pretty much we're off and going, having forgotten how to do podcast again. Wow. <laughs> well, not quite judging by that sentence, but anyway, the original clip. Right now, we've got some issues in here. And unless you're prepared to change, this place has got no chance. And you've had it all your own fucking way for such a long time. And it's not going to continue being like that. Can you hear us One thing that has to change instantly, you. Because, because that's pretty much, because you know why it is us? This is why this is Chef Ramsay talking to the world. We are the struggling chef. We've bitten off more than we can chew. The restaurateur who came from a corporate background and assumed that he could do it and fa is failing miserably because we're still doing things like landfill and... I really wanted to play that particularly compassionate clip because I felt like we all, well, I definitely needed that pick me up. I went looking for it and now I just wanted to share it with you straight away because COP26 is going on right now. The rest of the world is, it seems like a pilgrimage for a lot of people. There's groups that have walked like tens of thousands of kilometers to get there, to be represented and to represent the the whole climate change discussion while it's on the table. And aside from like how you feel about Australia and how we're being represented by our politicians uh, at the moment, dude, Josh, Josh Biden, the president of America, Josh Biden fell asleep. Can you believe like sitting up? I mean, 
that's not really an astonishing thing to imagine a very elderly person how to sleep. I like that's, but the fact that he, he did it sitting down, poor bloke must be exhausted for that to be happening. And then, and I just can't wait to see what the excuse was, whether he goes, there's two, in my opinion, he's only got two options. Uh, if they don't want to, if they don't want to just say, Hey guys, Josh had a really long day. <laughs> But President Biden had a really long day and, as you know, um, is in his golden years, so so lay off him for having a little snooze. But then just they just categorically cannot acknowledge his age at all. So they get, I can't wait to see whether they go with either. He was a long blink or he was thinking hard. They're the two in my like they'll be, they're the only two things that he can go with. And then, as you know, like we're about we're about predicting the future here and and it coming true and everything um, on this podcast. So that's the next one is it'll be it'll be one of those two things as an excuse. He was a long blink, but it so wasn't either of those things. I'll put it. I'll put a link in and you can watch it. But I don't know about you. I've been that tired enough times to know it when I see it. I've done. I'm I'm that guy like at nine o'clock after three beers usually. So I, I feel like like an expert in the field and I know it when I seize it and he fucking fell asleep in his chair. And also what I noticed is that he had a disposable single-use coffee cup in front of him and it really opened up a can of worms, even more than the falling asleep thing because I was like, so do we just not expect President Josh Biden to ever use a reusable? Because he's the president. Is he just like in this category of still allowed to create an acceptable amount of waste because something too important? Uh, but also the if that's the case, I wanna I wanna excuse it basically because I think the I think the fellow's very well intentioned and how could you not be in in the wake of who he followed as as captain of Team America? I mean Anyone was going to look well-intentioned after Trump, but just imagine what Trump's thinking after calling him Sleepy Joe and then seeing that clip and just like how red his face would be. It'd be per- it'd be per- puce at that point, I reckon, like kind of puce like a sausage. It'd be very purple, definitely, and mottled and everything, but it's funny to imagine. It, it's just funny, but also so sad. And the saddest thing about it is that Joe Biden falling asleep during an address at the most important climate summit in the history of mankind, for me, isn't as embarrassing as our our major sponsor. Our major sponsor is Santos, a gas company, fossil fuel company. And so far, the world has signed up to ending deforestation by 2030, to which we are conspicuously, in my book, a signatory, which is very exciting given that we're the only country in the developed world who's in the top 10 for deforestation and land clearing in the world. We're the only one. Other places is like Nigeria and Honduras and places that are not the same socioeconomically as Australia. So I think that's a real like horrible indictment. So Anastasia would be fuming about that, I reckon, because most of it's going on up in Queensland and it's all got to end by 2030. Uh, but we didn't sign up to getting rid of methane. We're like, nah, we're okay with the amount of methane. 
And that's pretty much like that's the extent of the way we express our opinions on the issues. We're either okay with it and we're doing a good job, thanks, or it's very important, but we need to approach the issue with due consideration of... Especially... Hey, so since we last spoke, I had a really exciting um, thing happen, which is that, you know how you and I were talking about not doing passenger space flights because that's the stupidest use of resources conceivable when we have a lot of terrestrial problems that could really benefit from those resources, um, the resources being used to just fly the richest people into space so they can look at Earth and masturbate. Uh, like instead of doing that, if we're going to go to space, why don't we take a bunch of toxic things there and just leave them on the moon for the time being where they, it's not a great solution. You know, I'm not saying it's like perfect, but I think it would, I'd definitely feel more comfortable with the most toxic things. Basically having the moon as a tip. Is that what we're discussing? Pretty much actually, because I have a great deal of respect for the moon, but also, uh, the way we're filling up the land with poison, which is essentially what landfill is, that's what every garbage bag out of every garbage bin is destined to become, is pretty much just poison for a chunk of land somewhere. Instead of doing that, why don't we put them all in the space planes? Doesn't that make so much sense? And leads me to this other really exciting thing, is that, guys, Prince William has been listening apparently hello prince william and like thank you very much for listening and the reason i know he's listening is because i saw an article where prince william's come out saying the very same thing but it was it was definitely after you and i talked about it a bunch of times but so that means he's definitely listening and i'm just like stoked i'm i've always wanted to collaborate with the royal um not really for like any more reason than curiosity and stuff. So now I'm stoked that he's approaching. Well, he obviously will approach me soon. Hasn't like formally yet, but will. Um, and anyway, I just wanted to say hi, uh, Prince William. Thank you for listening. And like next time, if there's another article, maybe like tag Lucky Roland at the end of it or something. But like, do you don't have to? And we'll. I'm sure we'll get to that level pretty quickly as soon as we have our first brainstorm. But I'm so I'm so happy that you're. You've got the same ideas as me. And guys, uh, for everyone else listening, Prince William and I, um, I could probably safely speak for him now, sharing the opinion of me, which is that what we've got to do is disassemble all of the petrol-powered leaf blowers and then send them piece by piece to NASA or Australia Space. And and because obviously they're good people at those organisations and they'll be getting them. We'll just write a little note as we talked about. Maybe we didn't mention that yet. Prince William, did you... Have you spoken to anyone? Okay, so no. So write a little note and just say, hey, guys, uh, I listen to, you know, self-talk. Probably you do too. Um, anyway, this is just one of those pieces. Can you just bung it on the next space plane? Yeah. And then and then they'll do that. And then problem solved. Well, not problem solved, but a problem solved. And meanwhile, like Jeff Bezos is just like in his house, like everybody else. Uh, and yeah, so... Cool piece of news. I feel like I've been on a real roll, guys, since lockdown ended. And mainly, like, this this has got a lot to do with it, is the fact that, you know, royals are reaching out to collaborate with me and stuff. Now, hopefully he can help me, actually, with the Howell Hemsey thing. Anyway, 
I'll ask him about that because they, yeah, he's probably got some. Anyway, I've been surfing heaps as well. Lockdown has been the most profound thing to the lineups around the Northern beaches. It's been amazing. I didn't realize what it means for me is I didn't realize just how many British people there are in the surf here. Guys, it's so many that, I mean, that's a pretty big coincidence that the pubs are all full and now the lineups are empty and I'm hearing a lot less of, did you make that? And then, or not even that, because I feel like a lot of their chat isn't that evolved yet. It's more about like, so I said to him, I was like, look, mate, we're probably going to need to come to some sort of agreement that blah, blah, blah. And like just having a loud personal conversation to much to my irritation, which has kind of become the norm. There's just none of it anymore. And what it means is I haven't been smelling that rank Lynx Africa smell at my local anymore. So it means that it was one of those blokes and that figures as well. So amazing. I've just been having uncrowded surf after uncrowded surf. And I don't actually, I suppose I haven't considered the new factor. Definitely onshore winds are preferable now in Sydney because they clear out the lineup. Um, but actually I've had a couple of offshore days and they've been pretty cruisy as well. It's just been mad. I even got a wave in the other night with a Grom who I was chatting to. And we did a few like of those s turny things that you can do on fat waves and then high-fived at the end of it. And I was like, am I awake? And then I can't actually remember. I might not have been. I might have dreamt that. But either way, I, like, I'm feeling good for it. So, yeah, it's all been coming up rosy around my neighbourhood. It's been so good. Um, one thing, there's pretty much only one thing that I really wanted to chat to you about today. Um, apart from, like, whether POTUS fell asleep, everyone's just like, like, Josh, Josh, Josh. And then he's like, <laughs> And then he's just like, and then he <laughs> squints his eyes and just like starts slowly nodding like, yes, I agree. And then imagine the, imagine there's a human being having that experience right now, guys, and his name's Josh Biden. And he's just having the experience of the entire world looking at him every second and, and for the rest of his existence, every second needing to have a protective detail, none of whom are apparently have a pocket for a keep cup. You know what I mean? Like the guy's life's just fucking mental. And so I did want to talk to you about whether he fell asleep or not and what that means and whether he's above needing reusables. And if he is, then who else is? And are those whole conventions just above it, even though that's about what they're talking about? Even though it pertains directly to the inverse of what they're talking about? Or... Or is it like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it could be a sugarcane cup with with a blah, blah, blah. And I just it doesn't match the need for extreme action that they're talking about to just have a lot of single-use stuff everywhere. But that's a conversation probably for another day because the only major thing that I really did want to talk to you about is... <laughs> it's, a, well, it's a bit of a can of worms, actually. But what... How much do you read every day? And I don't mean like on a, even on a screen or in a book or on a page or something, but do you read the things that you pick up uh, to buy and consume? And like, I mean, what I mean is, do you, are you in, in and out of the supermarket just with, 
you know, just coat hangering everything off the off the shelf and not really looking much at it? Or um, are you someone who stands in there for, you know, like more than an hour once, I realized. I walked out and, and looked at my watch and I was like, hold on. Is that? No. What? And then I checked my phone. And sure enough, I had been in there for over an hour just reading and just going like, what's ethyl methyl dioxy something methylene? And there with a number on it in, in it and stuff. And like sometimes that just becomes such a crippling activity because all I really want to know is, is this going to be, is this going to be a climate positive or a climate negative thing for me to buy? Before I decide how hungry I am or how anything else I am, the first question I want to know the answer to is, is this a climate positive or climate negative thing? Because pretty much if it's a climate negative thing, I'll just keep being a bit hungry until there's a there's a less negative thing. Do you know what I mean? And the, and so are you. So would you probably. So wouldn't it be much easier to just have one like score on every single product? I know that sounds like some sort of very far fetched um, fantasy, which it kind of like sadly is because there's tens of thousands of things in every consumption church, aka supermarket, and how, like how some of them are always going to slip through the net and and basically everyone is greenwashing now if you think about turning a profit from advertising anything that's a single use consumable from a climate angle then it's kind of it's got to be greenwashed in some way no matter how good the original intentions are that's kind of like where my head lies with it all and like I so I really needed toothpaste recently to a to a point where I'm a bit actually a bit embarrassed about how desperately I needed the toothpaste because that was how many times I'd forgotten that I did that I needed it and you know fangs are getting pretty rank at that point really needed it and finally was in a consumption church and remembered it. and I was like ah toothpaste and stoked and so run to the toothpaste aisle and then and then basically there were none of the choices that I have sort of like I've spent my I've spent my time like reading everything in the fucking toiletries aisle now to be able to know like okay I'm just zeroing in on these available products that I've that I've read and understand to be the most climate positive decision I can make with this product and then it's like there's heaps less to choose from and so then suddenly none of them were there but in my in my head much to the contrary of the of the preach I said earlier about being a bit more hungry or needing a bit less, but I was like, no, I've forgotten toothpaste so many times. This is it, now's the time. It has to be now because I've remembered because it's I'm staring looking it in the face. And so anyway, so I bought one from Colgate, which is in this brown box, and it's saying natural something, blah blah blah. All these in very environmentally. Uh, righteous credentials on the box. So I'm thinking, cool, maybe this is a, this. Well, it was a new one I'd never seen. I was pretty dubious because it's got still got a big Colgate logo on it, uh, and they're pretty fond of a number ingredient. Those those crew, I think, pretty fond of a chemical. Uh, and so I picked it up, thinking, okay, well, what's the actual ingredients? And was basically trying to pick this box apart to decide whether it was whether it was going to be too climate negative of a decision for me to go through with no matter how rank my mouth was and um so i bought it has a recyclable tube 
had had very limited um, mythical fifteen syllable ingredients in it, and also kind of nutritionally ominous looking ingredients in it. Only I think there's only I'll just get it. I'll just get it so we can have a look at it actually. So here we go, 99.7% natural origin. That's the biggest logo that jumps out on this thing. And it's this cute little logo uh, that someone's put a lot of thought into to reassure you and I that this is an environmentally conscious, positive decision, that this is an environmentally responsible decision to make. So the ingredients in it, yeah, there's nothing, there's no numbers in there. There's disodium something glutamate and I can actually read these words. So for me, that's a damn sight better than a lot of what else was on the shelf there. But it just got me thinking like, who comes up with that 99.7% origin? And sorry, but what the bloody hell does that mean anyway? He says, despite having bought it and used it this morning and used it immediately. Um, the ingredients are pretty much quite similar to a lot of the ones I have been buying. It it looks like it ticks the boxes, but who fucking knows? Do you know what I mean? Because who's out there? Who's, whose little logo is that? And what's the 0.3%? And the reason I'm so pessimistic of this stuff is humans make up such a minuscule proportion of the biosphere, probably less than 0.3%. And yet we're having this major global climatic disruption and we're the ones causing it. So I don't buy the fact that 0.3% unnatural origin might not be really dangerous for us uh, or, for, or for me and you um, who are using it now. But this is what I mean, I've been thinking about this for ages. We need to have because there, there was a time when nutrition panels weren't on food products. Think about it that way, that there was a time when people just like things were in bags or boxes or whatever, and good luck. <laughs> and now you cannot sell a food product without one of those things. So to all of the, like to Prince William, obviously you've got a lot of say in all of this stuff. So maybe have a chat to your old boy and see if you guys, we'll see if he wants to come and have coffee with us when, whenever it is that you want to do it, because like I'm sure. Well, I mean, he probably. Want, I want to meet him as well, um, and the three of us can just really ha hash that out a bit as like a really introductory starting point of how we can work together on a really quick, a really meaningful and really actionable solution. I, I'm looking forward to it, um, and I. Well, we'll talk about it later. But I drink long blacks if you get there before me. But. Um, uh, Mike tries to presentate the food real nice. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just think, like, if you're out there and you actually agree, can you just, like, hit me up and say so, so that so that I can at least gauge how many people would get on board with this and I can take that as data to Prince William and um, King at this point. Come on, give it to him, King Charles. Uh, what are we going to call it? Probably just the score for now, work, like working title, and then maybe get a bit creative later roles. <laughs> but the score, yeah, the score. Well, kind of, right? Like it's the only one that really matters at the like now. 
apart from apart from the sugar there's there's blokes who will tell you how important sugar is until your ears bleed how, how like how important it is not to have it while you're eating some i just i think we do need some sort of regulation score the regulation score the the fuck me uh, I just there's got to be it would just make imagine how much easier that would make the supermarket experience which is why it's a bit of a fantasy because for now it seems that so uh, I, I hate this I love it but I hate the supermarket guy it just I, I have more anxiety in there than ever before now and it was never good but then lockdown struck and masks and checking in and how kind of like frantic everybody feels in there now i just it's i just hate it and also how much attitude you get from the self-service machines i'm so done with it and yet i just keep going and then when there's no lines like choose one of the lanes are attended by another human being rather than a robot because those robots give you so much attitude like when like i'm trying to place it in the bagging area can you not see me are you serious? Stop saying it. Like, this, that's the second time you said it. How rude. Do you think I didn't hear you the first time? And I'm tr- as you can see that I'm trying? Unbelievable. And then, and then they're just like, please take your items. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, I'm packing the hard things at the bottom of my bag so uh, that I don't dent my avocados. Is there a problem? Fucking hell. And then you just keep going. Another one. I'll put that jar there, that can there. Please take your items. Fuck me! So much attitude from those people. It's way better to to choose the lanes with other human beings there. And that's what I've been trying to do recently when there hasn't been lines and stuff because the anxiety is just off the hook otherwise. Having all the people staring at you as well and like waiting like, can you fucking... You know, you can feel... It's like someone's beeping you on the road but with their face behind a mask. You can just feel it on some people. And it's like, dude, it scanned a barcode and it doesn't recognize it. And now apparently the attendant needs to be called, none of which had anything to do with me. Can you just like, this isn't a meter and a half. You know what I mean? And it's actually three meters, but you feel like this person may as well be nose to nose. Fuck the supermarket, man. But also got to live with it. So, so we need this score. Future King William, please. If we can, like, we got we got to remedy this whole situation pronto. We need some scores, some calculations, some propeller heads, doing some algorithms and determining, establishing exactly what's not going to continue screwing the planet for everybody. Cool, thanks. We really need it. And um, the cool thanks was a bit was a bit probably far uh, to Prince William, but uh, he's not listening anymore. I heard him click off, but um, I don't know. I feel I can feel us. We're tired already. So he's, he's fine. Um, he knows I love him. So cute, that guy. Like, the way he kind of, I don't know, the whole way that he sort of has engaged me with, like, agreeing with my idea and then putting it into the news and then not mentioning me at all. Like, it's so cute. It's kind of, him and Hemsy must know each other because they do the same cute shit to get to know me. And it's like, well, I can't really explain it, but I don't mind. Really excited about this score. I feel, like, really good for having shared that because I think, long and hard about this all day fucking long actually because the less time i can spend analyzing that the more i can actually i don't know just experience my life and i like that's the that's the brass tacks of it actually the longer you have to spend worrying or or just 
the longer we spend with our heads in the sand, the less time we're going to have to experience life on planet Earth. That is as simple as it gets. And I'm all about experiencing life on planet Earth, guys. Not sorry about it. And and so, man, I hope I hope I hope the world forgives Australia for for us right now for being sponsored by a gas company to go to a climate summit, and and for our bumbling um, government who represents us kind of very inaccurately for the most part, uh, but kind of also very accurately until things change. Uh, and so that's like we can change, guys. We're on the hot plate. But we can bounce back. Chef Ramsay's here. You know, you're you're here. And I'm here. And that other person you know is also here. And also all the people that they know and all the other people that you know. And everyone, everyone knows. We're all here right now. We, we can all actually just dig deep in our own lives and start with that. I guess like that's where that's where my self-talk starts and ends is just with that, with like doing myself that favor, doing all the future versions of myself that favor of actually like thinking, you know, thinking thought, thinking thoughts about how to be better. Especially. And I mean, we are lucky guys. One more time. We've got Chef Ramsey here to pull us out. You're just unresponsive. What's the matter? I need you to get your head out of the sand. Yes, What's the matter? You have a chance to make a comeback. I know. But talk to me. I'm here to help you. I know how hard it is, but if you don't communicate with me, how can I help you? Don't give up. You with me? You're still in it. Oh, yeah? yeah. Come on then, let's go. I believe. Oh, chills, guys. Literally gives me chills watching that and just imagining that that's... And by watching, I mean the real in my brain of what I'm imagining with my eyes closed while Chef Ramsay talks to me and you and the rest of the humans about being on the hot plate with climate change. And that it's such a forgivable thing at, the, at this point. At this point, it is still a forgivable thing to have been absolutely frozen with terror at the prospect of our climatic future, the way that it's heading. It's so scary that I feel like it's entirely within reason to just stand there rooted to the spot for a little while and just be like, oh. And it's almost like your breath is just leaving your body, but not through your mouth or nose, but actually out through every single pore of your skin. And you're just on fire, but also freezing cold at once. Just going like, this can't be happening. But it is happening. And so the, the only thing to do is to get on with it and yank your head out of the sand and have a look around and shake it out of your ears and just get going with what you can do in your life. And so... I just like I wouldn't know that the way I know it now if it wasn't for Chef Ramsay like like and what we just watched and I'm sure I'm speaking for you now as well that there's just no time guys we're on the hot plate we're on hot apps we gotta we gotta pump out our dish we've got a whole dining room waiting for it we've got one of the greatest chefs and restaurateurs who will ever live ready like standing next to us uh, which is kind of the rest of the world watching Australia in its affluence. Uh, and what we're actually going to do, whether we're going to deliver, you know, a gorgeous food service or not. And we're just standing there so frozen, like, but wait, we've got, we're at the we're at COP26 with the gas company there. And wait, but, but we've got over a hundred fossil fuel projects that we're still about to push the green button on. And um, like what? And it just can't, it just doesn't seem real. 
it doesn't seem real, hey? So I think the best thing is is just to get away from that side of it and think about yourself. And Chef Ramsay's right. Just look down and do what's in front of you. It's not about how you start, it's how you finish. And probably probably a good time to finish this. Actually, before I finish um, pod, this podcast, uh, is uh, a message um, to Coles again. Aside from your stroppy attendance at the robot re- register, sorry, not the actual, well, most of them are kind of a bit stroppy, even though it's not your fault when the machine fucks up. But the stroppy robots that you've got there is if that wasn't bad enough, you know, I actually thought for a while that you really had named your delivery trucks after your drivers because once upon a time I saw one of them called Prakash and I thought, wow, that's specific and then looked inside and sure enough, there's a fellow with a turban and a beard and lovely eyes. And, and I was like, wow, maybe they do. And for years, I believed that. And then the other day I've seen, you know, Leela and out comes a 50 year old Chinese fella and oh, Buggy, fuck you, Coles. <laughs> That's where I'll leave it. Uh, uh, Woolies man uh, now, officially. And no, I always really have been, to be honest. I think I knew in my blood always that I've been a Woolies man, but you've uh, solidified it for me now with that one. So I'll probably be back, but but stuff you all, all the same. <laughs> Definitely time to go now. Uh, uh, with that uh, meaningful, uh, heartfelt message, um... Wow, that's probably not a good way to wrap things up. <laughs> so anyway, so thanks for listening again. Amazing. Uh, I got I got waves to catch. So do you. We gotta go. We have to go surfing. So have a good sesh. And yeah, uh, yeah, definitely gotta go. Bye. And that, my dear, is fucking delicious. <laughs>